Spring training is underway for the Kansas City Royals as they take on the Diamondbacks. It was a very fun and exciting game. But what can you take away from spring training games? Which spring training games can you actually see on television? And what in the world does Edward Elviaris have to do to be a Major League Baseball player? Find out on today's Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on today's Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into spring training games and what they actually mean around baseball, as well as tell you which spring training games can you actually watch on television and recap the game against the Diamondbacks, which featured some fun moments and takeaways as the Royals have a uh, very fun win against Arizona. Now, let's start with just the fact that baseball's back, and It's good to see any highlights, even if they're spring training highlights and seeing full games now being broadcasted of baseball. We made it through the lockout. We made it through uh, the CBA negotiations and through the offseason. The moves have been fast and furious, including within the AL Central. And we're back on Lockdown Royals to recap it all. Let's talk about this game. But first, what do spring training games actually matter? Because we all love it. We love sitting, at least I do. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Let me know on Twitter, at Lockdown Rose, if I'm crazy. We love sitting at home, turning on the television, seeing the high sky, hard ground, day game after a night game, spring training games, the bright, bright sun. Everybody's having fun out on the berm in center field. The Royals looking sharp. They always play pretty well in spring training, if not elite in spring training, oftentimes in my lifetime. It's not translated to the regular season, but it still makes spring training very fun. However, what can you actually tangibly take away from spring training games? The reality is not much on the surface. Because you have to dig a little deeper, right? If you sit down opening day to watch the Royals and the Guardians play, you know exactly what everybody is trying to do. They're trying to win baseball games. They're trying to pitch the very best they can. They're trying to hit the very best they can. They're trying to manage the very best they can. And they're trying to win baseball games. In spring training, The focus is not on the school board, but instead on individual work and different ways to get ready for the season. So, for example, a pitcher 
might go out, start the game, and get lit up for four runs, but have a very successful spring training start. The reason why those runs scored was because that pitcher was only throwing his fastball that day because he wants to get the feel for his fastball, get the command for it, and get it in shape for the season. Or slider, change up, whatever it is. He might be throwing only one pitch his entire repertoire over and over and over and over again. And all these guys are professional hitters. They're going to catch up on that. They're going to see it and hit it. That's just the reality of it. So that's why you can't truly dig too deep into the box scores of pitchers specifically without knowing exactly what their intended purpose was for the day. Because, again, it could be a four, you could give up four runs in one inning and, and it'd be a successful day in the office to Matheny and to the pitcher. Because we just don't simply know a lot of the times what these guys are truly working at. And for hitters, there's different quirks like that as well. Some hitters don't swing in the first week of spring training. They just watch every ball go by to kind of get the, the feel back of being in the box against a live MLB arm and just seeing the baseball again. Some hitters will purposely not swing until the ball's as deep as possible into the zone and sure it results in a ton of foul balls, but they're just trying to activate their fast twitch muscles and, and, and getting back to uh, bat to ball speed. It's, it's kind of like in real, you know, in, in real games, swinging a bat with a donut on it, right? That's what you do in the on deck circle. So the bat feels lighter at the plate. You're purposely letting the ball travel as deep as possible before swinging because whenever you kind of adjust back to swing normally, you're used to seeing the ball travel deep in the zone and you're, you, and you're able to adjust to it and things of that nature. So a hitter might strike out three times, but his intention was never to take the bat off his shoulder or might foul the ball a few times and then ground out the, ground out the second base, whatever the case is. So spring training games, unless there's a press conference, you know, or, or media availability or whatever the case is, a report of, Hey, this guy was only throwing fastballs. We don't really know what the intended purpose of it is besides getting in shape for the season and getting your arm back, getting your command back, getting your hand-eye coordination back of an actual MLB arm throwing at you. So it's tough to take away anything broad from spring training. And it's tough to make those judgments as somebody sitting at home, somebody who isn't you know, part of the coaching staff, whatever the case is, and, and understanding what the purpose is every single day. But... That won't stop us. We're still going to talk about spring training and find storylines to talk about because there are a lot, even in this game against the Diamondbacks, which was a very fun shootout. But also throughout this week, there's been a ton of talking points, such as MJ Melendez playing third at times. What does that mean for him in the future? What does that mean for the Royals organization? We're going to talk about all of that this week on Lockdown Royals Podcast, your podcast for the Royals every single day. But first, I want to say right now, but your friends over at Bet Online, folks, Bet Online is the best. It's that time of year again. College basketball is finally upon us from the latest odds, contests, and player props. BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, your sports podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information and needs, including live betting, 
and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head over to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the actions this season. Bet online is where the game starts. And I'm going to show you how fast that is. You go to bet online on your computer, wherever you're at, go to their sports book and watch. We go to basketball, NCAA, and we can bet on the March Madness tournament right now. Kansas is a seven and a half point favorite against Providence. And I've seen a ton of people picking Providence in this game, which happens on Friday at 6.30 p.m. I don't get it. Now, granted, Kansas has done their fair share of choking in the postseason tournament, but I'm rocking with Kansas minus seven and a half. And the other lines are very interesting. Gonzaga, only a nine and a half point favorite against Arkansas. While it's a huge spread, I do think Gonzaga wins by double digits or more against the Razorbacks as that game tips off at 6 p.m. on Thursday. We can bet on that one. They even have NCAA future odds and prop bets for March Madness. So make sure you go check them out. For example, Kansas is the second favorite to win the national title at plus 525. They're behind only Gonzaga at plus 230. So you can bet on that as well over there at betonline.net. Make sure you check them out today, betonline.net. We are back on the Lockdown Royals podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Royals. Thank you for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Royals baseball. Subscribe for free across all platforms so you never miss an episode, including the new platform of YouTube. For your second listen, go check out the Locked On Prospects podcast hosted by Lindsey Crosby. He's in, he's a prospect encyclopedia. He goes deeper on the MLB Stars of Tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts from. And he's been on the show before, and he sings the praises of Bobby Witt Jr. He's a Bobby Witt Jr. believer, and that makes us so excited for the future of baseball in Kansas City. So give Lindsey a follow. Give Locked On MLB Prospects a follow as well. And, of course, we have every Major League Baseball team covered, college teams covered, and, folks, I know it's tough, but the Kansas City Chiefs made a huge trade this week. You can go check out Locked On Chiefs every single day for the down low on the Kansas City Royals. I should say the Kansas City Chiefs. So you can check out here for the Kansas City Royals down low with myself, Rylan underscore Styles on Twitter. Let's continue talking about spring training, which got underway uh, this last week. And the game against the Rangers, we recapped with Bryce Paddock of uh, Lockdown Rangers. So you can go check that out on YouTube or wherever else you get your podcast from from earlier this week, as well as deep dive into uh, the Correa signing with the Twins, what it meant for Trevor Story, and the latest drama around MLB social media that includes a player's coach's son, or a coach's son. Uh, I don't know why I call him a player's coach. We haven't had one of those since the 50s, I, I don't think. But nonetheless, Royals versus D-backs was a fun one. The Royals win 11-10 on a walk-off in the bottom of the ninth. The Royals got down 5-1, to one, then 8-2, to two, and came all the way back to win. 
and Edward Olivieres collects two big hits, an RBI, a run scored, a double, and a triple. What does he have to do to be a big leaguer? In my opinion, since the trade went down during the pandemic, he's done nothing but produce at the MLB level and look like a competent MLB player. I hope this season, and the CBA rules have altered this a bit, but I hope this season that Edward Olivieres is able to stick in the majors and not keep riding the bus from Kansas City to Omaha over and over and over again. You cannot tell me there's a more reliable bench outfielder that can play all three spots in the system that's ready to go right now, right? You look at fan graphs, they also project Edward to be on the opening day roster, but he's having a great spring after being a really productive player since uh, coming over to Kansas City. I'm excited to see what he can kind of become in Kansas City, especially as that kind of outfield utility spot uh, for the Royals. But I think that this is his year to kind of stick with the club. MJ Melendez has two hits and an RBI. He's had a very fun spring so far. And again, mentioned kind of shifting positions for him uh, in the early goings of spring. What does that mean? Now, we all want to be hopeful and just say, go for it, go for it, go for it. Call up call up Bobby Wood Jr., call up Nick Prado, call up MJ Melendez, Melendez, let's go. Let's just get this thing started on opening day. I don't think that Nick Prado or MJ Melendez will find themselves on the opening day roster. I do think that Bobby Witt Jr. will be on the opening day roster, but not the other two. But hey, there's a lot of question marks. Carlos Santana, Hunter Dozier are no sure things. Mondesi's health is no sure thing. And so if Melendez, if you feel, if you feel comfortable putting him at third and Mondesi goes down, you slide Bobby Witt over to short, you have Melendez play third and You've got Prado at first after Dozier or Santana doesn't get off to the greatest start. That's a really, really nice infield of cornerstone pieces of young foundational pieces that are either going to hit the ground running and be elite out of the gate or at least get valuable reps and valuable experience. And again, I, I know that we love Nicky Lopez right now, and I've always loved Nicky Lopez. You can go back and check even before last year and everything else. Nicky Lopez has had one productive Major League season at the plate. He's, he's a gold glove caliber fielder, obviously. But at the plate, he's had one productive season. And I'm not here to tell you that if that's going to be a flash in the pan or not. We'll just have to wait and see, frankly, because of the fact he's a contact hitter and you can't really project that as well. But he's no sure thing. He could easily be a flash in the pan, had a good year last year, books out on him, and he comes crashing back down to where you sign Bobby Witt Jr. over to second. If you're, if you're comfortable playing Melendez at third, and you have Modesty at short, and uh, whatever you want to have at first, either Prado or Santana or even Hunter Dozier playing first as well. So there's a lot of options if the Royals are truly comfortable with Melendez playing third. And this could also be a nothing burger, as we mentioned at the top of the show. This could just be the Royals showing you, hey, he might be able to do this in the future. It's just a little thing you work on, and it doesn't really come to fruition until years on the line or if ever, right? So who knows? But that was a very interesting point from spring training in the early going so far. Emmanuel Riviera had two hits, four RBIs, two runs scored on the home run. Riviera is another guy that's that, like Riviera's who's interesting to me. I mean, he, he came out of the gate hot and then got that uh, wrist injury, I believe it was. You know, got hurt after he got called up. What is he going to become? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure what his future holds. Obviously, he's not one of the guys that's just like overly hyped up, but I am fascinated by him in, in terms of if he can be uh, a nice player or in the fold this year for the Royals who should be more competitive. Michael A. Taylor hit a home run as well, and Salvi got a hold of one. Nice to see Michael A. Taylor go yard because, uh, not like Nicky Lopez, I do worry about Michael A. Taylor as a bat 
two guys who you know, Michael Taylor is the best center fielder in all of baseball defensively. And Nicky Lopez is right up there uh, at second base. But with Michael Taylor, he went from being a historically bad worst ever hitter to a nice piece considering his defense last year at the plate. He was considering how great his defense was. His bat was a non-issue considering how great his defense was. That has not always been the case for him, especially in Washington. That's why he flashed out in Washington and came to Kansas city. So it's good to see him have some success early on, hit this home run. It could mean nothing, but it could mean something. And then Salvador Perez, look, we don't need some spring training for Salvador Perez. Salvador Perez does not need it. We don't need it. Nobody needs it to make a storyline out of it. But as we rejoice in the fact that baseball's back, it was so nice to see Salvador Perez lean back on one, get one letters high and just let her rip and send one over the fence and get a home run. That was nice. That was comforting. That was something that can hold you over until that April 7th opening day. It was just nice. It was just the official welcoming back of baseball to see with our own eyes on television, Salvador Perez get one letter high and just belt it. We're back. Baseball's back. We're back. Locked on Royals. We're going to continue talking about this game against the A's, against the uh, Diamondbacks, and preview the spring training television schedule because a lot of you have asked about it and when the Royals are going to be on television. I'll tell you that coming up. But I do want to talk about good friends over at Rock Auto. Folks, rockauto.com has an amazing selection. They have reliably low prices. And my favorite part about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars. Absolutely nothing. In fact, all I have to know is my make, my model, my year, and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. That way, I'm not wasting time, effort, or money on parts I cannot use or parts I do not need. And they don't know that I know nothing about cars. They don't know me at all because it's all online. However, if I were to walk into a brick-and-mortar store, they would spot me out of the gate as a sucker, and they would just simply upcharge me and and fool me every which way, but not at rockauto.com because rockauto.com is able to give me a fair and reliably low price at rockauto.com as if I'm a, as if I'm a mechanic, even though I'm a do-it-yourselfer. So go to rockauto.com and write locked on in the how did you hear about this box and then look through from there, rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices. We're back on the Lockdown Royals Podcast and the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Thank you for making Lockdown Royals your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Royals baseball. For your second listen, go check out the Lockdown MLB Podcast. Paul Francis Sullivan brings you his unique perspective on Major League Baseball past and present. It's free and available across all platforms. Let's continue talking about this game against the D-backs, then get into the spring training schedule. Jackson Coar pitches in this game. Two innings, one on run, three hits, four strikeouts. There was a time in this game where Jackson Coar could have folded and could have just unraveled a bit, and he didn't. He was able to overcome that. And honestly, I'm not sure what Jackson Coar is going to be. I've lost faith in him being a starter. However, I've not lost faith in him being a reliever in the in the 
realm of I think Jackson Core has the stuff to where he's going to be best in the long run, I think, as a prediction, as somebody who you just throw out there for one inning and just let him eat. Throw out there for one inning. Don't worry about anything else. Get this inning under control, and we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you in a couple of days after you get some rest in the bullpen. That's just my opinion. Maybe he can go two innings, whatever the case is, but I don't foresee him as an MLB starter. Maybe the Royals still do, but I don't see it happening. But I think he can be a really, really, really electric bullpen arm. And I'm interested to see how the Royals use him because, in my opinion, you have to start getting some major league value from Coar right now, this season. Maybe it's not opening day, but eventually this season you need to get some major league value from, from Coar. And is that going to be in your bullpen? That's probably where it can help you the most this year win baseball games. So I'm interested to see how the Royals and Matheny go about utilizing Jackson Coar. It was a good start from him in this game uh, against the D-backs. But let's talk about spring training television schedule because I know it's hard uh, to get invested in spring training in general. And while 610 Radio does a great job broadcasting every single game and they have fantastic broadcasters like Denny Matthews, it's hard to keep up with spring training on the radio because of so many substitutions, because of so many things that are moving in and different moving parts about spring training that aren't happening in a natural baseball game. And you kind of lose track of who's in the game, who's already been used, what this person did two innings ago that is now out of the game. So they're not going to talk about him anymore. Like it's just that kind of thing to where it's hard on radio. So people want to watch spring training. And for some reason in the year of our Lord, 2022, there's somehow not a television feed for every single spring training game. That is absurd to me. And if you want to get on your soapbox a little bit as a fan of baseball, this CBA, they should have done something for the fans in the sense of they should have either, or really both, one, made it mandatory that you stream or you know broadcast spring training games, and two, eliminate the blackout rules for MLB.TV. You still have to pay for the subscription. You still have to pay for MLB.TV, but you can watch any team in any market, no matter what is happening. That's just my opinion on the fact of the CBA that should have been, uh, you know, should have been implemented for the, from the media standpoint. But nonetheless, it's just crazy to me. They cannot find a broadcast feed for every single spring training game. But these are the games that will be on spring training. Friday, March 25th against the Rangers. Of course, that's in surprise. So you're going to see a lot of the regulars. Again, spring training you typically see your regular MLB players only on home games. They don't typically travel across Arizona, but sometimes in the Cactus League they do because of the nature of it's shorter road trips in the Cactus League in Arizona than in Florida. But typically, you're going to see a regular routine everyday lineup in, in home events in Surprise Arizona versus on the road. So that's big. But it's a home game against the Rangers. Of course, the Rangers and Royals share their complex, so who knows who's really at home, but it is going to happen March 25th on Bali Sports, Kansas City. March 26th, in surprise, against the Dodgers at 8 p.m. will be very fun on Bali Sports, Kansas City. March 27th, at the Cubs on Marquee Sports Network at 3 p.m. March 29th, at Seattle at 3 p.m. on Root Sports. March 31st, at the Athletics at 3 p.m. on NBC Sports. April 1st, at the Padres at 8 p.m. on, on uh, MLB.TV. And April 5th, at Brewers at 2 p.m. on Bali Sports, Kansas City which leads you into opening day on April 7th against the Guardians at 3 p.m. on Bali Sports, Kansas City. Every spring training game will be free on MLB.TV to watch. And these are the dates again, March 26th, 27th, and 29th, as well as the 31st, as well as April 1st and April 5th. Those are your dates for television and televised spring training games. Otherwise, you can find every game on 610 Sports Radio, just like I will be doing. So make sure you go check them out as well. You do a really great job at broadcasting those games. 
And so until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow on Lockdown Royals.